Bop, bop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. <laughs> what is up, guys? You already know who it is. Actually, they don't know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> you already know who it is. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, we're hijacking the Beaker Bros. For now, we're going to be called the Beaker Babes. So, welcome back to another episode. Where we'll be interviewing our friend Praveen and exploring his research contributions to McMaster. My name's Grace. My name's Rio. And if you don't know, we are both the uh, research coordinators for Beaker Bros. Hey guys, my name is Praveen. Um, Hi Praveen. Hi Praveen. Uh, glad to be here today. Well, uh, you know, we invited you to come out on our podcast to tell us about what you're researching about. So, um, want to walk us through what topic you're researching for your thesis? I originally kind of, uh, I'm, I'm researching how to make phys ed more inclusive for Ontario uh, students. And um, just sort of finished that up quite recently. Okay, but we're wondering, like, what what made you interested in this topic? And maybe maybe before that, walk us through the process on how like you found your supervisor. Yeah, sure. So I'd actually done. I'm in the life sciences program. I think I should start off with that. Uh, and so my third year, I actually uh, got to do something called the research practicum. And through that course, I had already done some type of public health research by reaching out to different cold emailing professors and stuff like that. Uh, but this upcoming year, my fourth year, I decided to do a 15-unit thesis. In terms of like how I found the professor, I kind of also, again, I cold emailed professors. And then I was just lucky to be able to find uh, a prof in the space of um, community engagement. And then from there, it just kind of went back and forth during the summer. Uh, I kind of asked them what their sort of research interests uh, in which they could supervise me with uh, kind of entailed. And it kind of aligned that they also were kind of doing something related to phys ed within the community. And I kind of just hopped onto that type of project. Nice. So you mentioned community engagement, and that's actually a course you guys, your McMaster, my McMaster listeners, can take at McMaster. So I'm sure Grace is wondering what community engagement is really about. So Praveen, you wanna explain uh, what that course was trying to entail? Yeah, so uh, it's actually one of the main reasons why I kind of went into this type of research topic. Community engagement, the course itself, they have two offerings, two MC3 and community engagement, two MD3. We, me and Rio, we actually, uh, we go way back. We actually took community engagement to MD3 together uh, and for our project, we actually dressed up as Marvel characters to teach children within Hamilton how to exercise at home, as well as the importance of exercising to prevent um, health diseases and stuff like that. And I think through that whole process, like for one, working with your friends, it was really fun, but especially considering that we were working on physical activity and trying to promote that for children, we encountered a lot of sort of barriers in terms of uh, being able to accommodate all the children at first and it was you know trying to ensure all kids were able to participate and through that process we found that um, having everyone participate was truly enriching that they were all able to learn but also we were also able to learn from their experiences and having that diversity really uh, helped us uh, learn more from that experience as well I think uh, and really I think you can test that as well right yeah yeah it was good good vibes you know our professors were amazing one of them, one of them was a uh, English major, so it was definitely hard when it came to our reflections. But at the end of the day, it was very, 
rewarding. Rewarding, wow. yes. Yeah, I didn't know you guys threw that course together. Yeah, it we sound, did. Sounds fun. Marvel I drew, characters. I dressed up as Spider-Man. Anyways, oh, what? Um, moving on. <laughs> um, you mentioned barriers with physical education. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering, like, who do you believe fails to be included in physical education? Yeah, right. So originally when taking that communication course, like, we also thought it was a lot of time with individuals of specific physical disabilities or special needs. Um, and that was my initial understanding of the concept as well, of those barriers to physical education. But it was once I really took on to the research project that I realized there are actually a lot of other barriers, um, things like differences in culture, differences in uh, gender, and even teacher-related factors as well can t- sort of take part in being able to include uh, a lot of these students. And so it's actually quite interesting when really looking at it to see that there are multiple different components that could exclude uh, children from physical education. That's really interesting. So we're going to dive more into that. And let's just look into what your purpose was for your research. Yeah, so the actual like formal research question address what are the barriers and facilitators of inclusive physical education for Ontario elementary students. Uh, and like, so you already yeah. mentioned uh, a barrier that was obvious to you was physical disabilities, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that came to mind? Yes, usually, I can or? kind of go into why I uh, thought this was important um, for myself and others as well. You know, I think something that we kind of also realized when doing the community engagement workshop uh, was that a lot of these children uh, are sort of you know confined at home doing online learning for COVID and uh, a lot of them were not able to sort of have the practice of physical activity for you know to say around two years of their lives due to <clears throat> COVID-19 lockdowns and as a result that kind of led to sort of sedentary lifestyles out there uh, and with sedentary lifestyles you know there's research to show that you know m- mental health issues can arise as well and so having this type of inclusive physical education could allow for benefits to mental health but on top of that as well uh, embracing sort of the diversity within classrooms we know can also enable better social skills as well make open-minded thinkers within our classroom settings so that when these students one day become people within workers in society we have a much more uh, open-minded population and it just benefits these students to be able to take on more tasks tasks in the future and be able to network with everyone and anyone from different walks of life. So those are really the sort of um, relevancy points of why I really wanted to uh, go for um, making physical education more inclusive. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, So I was wondering, um, you mentioned that you're looking at physical education for Ontario elementary students, right? Yeah. Um, so I was wondering, like, um, in terms of, like, the methodology, like, how, how did you, like, find the data for these students? Yeah, so great question. I think um, we're often used to just doing, excuse me, uh, quick Google searches. Uh, but with this type of review, it was called a scoping review, meaning that we're essentially taking a look at a large part of the scholarly data out there. Uh, and, and then trying to find the gaps in the literature. In this type of sort of study, we therefore had to go around doing like a proper methodology of a search strategy. 
<laughs> and so I kind of had to set out like an inclusion criteria early on as to the timeline, the focus of the, like, the target population we're looking at, as well as the ge geography. So Ontario Elementary School students. But on top of that, I think uh, a key point was the idea of inclusivity itself, right? Um, inclusivity, it really does encompass a lot of different aspects. And I think this sort of research when doing it, we had to set out a lot of different terms that pertain to that idea of inclusivity. So as I said, as I kind of touched on before, uh, it was things like special needs, um, ethnicity, culture, race, gender, um, being whether you're an immigrant, having language difficulties, uh, accessibility issues. And so there's a whole vast amount of things that we try to cover in this inclusivity strategy. And I think even then it kind of shows you that Inclusivity itself is a very holistic aspect, and there's multiple different types of um, avenues to approach it from. Uh, but with my sort of research, I really did try to be, uh, as I say, as inclusive of, as possible with the idea of inclusivity. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that kind of answers it. Yeah. Just, just going back there, you mentioned holistic. For like the listeners who may not know what that means, are you able to give like a quick definition? Holistic, yeah, yeah. A holistic, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think like to to cover as much <clears throat> of the idea of inclusivity as possible, um, just because inclusivity itself is a very broad term, and individuals can feel excluded from a certain activity for whichever way you know personal to them, uh, and being able to sort of uncover that within a research setting uh, requires us to kind of go into depth into seeing all the possible ways someone might feel excluded from an activity. Nice, nice. So looking at like the bigger picture. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. So uh, based on research, what were the most common barriers you found? Common barriers. So yeah, um, so we kind of, once we had the search strategy down, we put it through a lot of different uh, education-related databases. And then we were able to sort of find uh, a list of articles that we then divide into four main themes being special needs, culture, uh, gender, and teacher-related factors. What do you mean by teacher-related factors? Well, like teacher-related factors, um, so those are things like, for one, teacher training. So, um, for instance, we got generals teachers, but also specialist teachers uh, that are trained specifically in phys ed education. So general teachers don't really get the full physical education training. Mm. And as a result, it could sort of um, limit their ability to put in more inclusive aspects to their curriculum, right? Yeah. So those are some things to think about. And as well, like the teacher resources, right? Like are the teacher resources as, um, you know, detailed enough to be able to provide teachers with the understanding of how to create a more inclusive environment? Uh, and then lastly, like, I think well, one major thing was lack of support. And I think that's been a big sort of, you know, short staffing within education systems. The ratio is so high for some teachers. Um, it, it can get really hard to just teach the content despite trying to be inclusive as well. And that's something really important to consider as well. Well, it sounds like there's lots of barriers that you found. Um... Were there any like findings that surprised you or differed from like your initial perception or like thoughts and beliefs? Yeah, for sure. So for one, I think um, one sort of aspect that really was like almost opened my perspective really 
uh, was the idea of, you know, when you're helping individuals, you know, say, for example, they have special needs, uh, you, gotta, you need to have their consent to be able to help them. And sometimes if individuals are being helped without their consent, that itself can make them feel, um, in a sense, excluded or have <coughs> lower have a lower sense of belonging mm-hmm. if you're helping them without their consent. So these type of factors as well. The idea of inclusivity is has a psychological approach, I would say. Uh, and being able to ask and communicate with those you want to get involved is a very important factor to trying to uh, create that inclusive environment. Uh, on top of that, too, I think another aspect was the idea of culture. A lot of the articles we found were uh, ind- indigenous populations and how they might feel excluded from physical education. And it was interesting to see how a lot of the mistrust embedded within um, cultures from past tragedies uh, kind of make them feel distant from being able to interact with current uh, teachers and organizational bodies. And as a result, that leaves them to feel um, uncomfortable in education spaces. And, you know, that's something you definitely don't want in the classroom setting, right? And I think it's really important that it's important to understand the history uh, of where individuals are coming from before trying to create inclusivity because if you're not well-informed of people's backgrounds, it can be hard to take on that inclusive approach um, and how to go about it. Sounds like cultural sensitivity is like a, a big thing that's like needed in the education system. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was definitely a major uh, point for implementation. Um, teachers also, you know, in their sort of resources that they have, they mentioned that for one in training, they don't get enough um, <clears throat> sort of cultural sensitivity training or training on diverse student populations. And that's something that should be implemented more so. Um, and yeah, just that understanding of how to go about conversations with diverse student populations as well. Um, so yeah, moving on. Uh, your topic or your point about uh, diversity occurring with teachers or within the system is definitely something that should be focused on and I definitely see how the current education system is trying to push for gathering teachers within their teachers colleges especially teachers who have experience with diversity and have dealt with um, diversity whether it be cultural or dealing with students with physical disabilities or learning disabilities sure. and I think a major point as to um, the study as well is that Ontario itself is such a diverse population right especially southern Ontario like we said diversity yeah sometimes <laughs> but it, 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 it kind of hard to replace that word right like um, it just shows you like a lot of different people <laughs> the diversity. With, within <laughs> southern Ontario and like trying to accommodate for all of them can seem like a challenge but really trying to ask questions and trying to communicate with those different student groups can uh, enable an effort and sort of change for the future. Hmm. Communication is key. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's a great solution motto. Yeah. Um, what were some of the limitations of your research? Yeah, sure. So I think um, limitations, well, for one, um, this research is actually not taken up too much. And so as a result, although our research question was particularly for Ontario, there were not too many studies completed for just Ontario. So we kind of had to find the barriers that did occur in Ontario 
and then reach out to other parts of Canada, uh, the research conducted in other parts of Canada to see possible facilitators or other also barriers related to those that kind of elaborated on those initial barriers we found within Ontario. Uh, just because there wasn't enough in Ontario and also we felt that a lot of these barriers can still have similarities uh, within how they're faced and so we thought it would be good to include them but of course it doesn't um, study Ontario specifically in that sense and so it's kind of a limitation but also you know for special needs especially I think we found that um, there was not too much first-hand experiences of students and so that's something that we want we want to see in the literature as well um, and there's just limitations in terms of the scope of the data as well, I would say. Um, for one, also the uh, idea of gender. We found that, you know, there's um, there's a lot of information on the binary uh, gender, boy, girl, but there's not much information out there yet on the, the non-binary and how they face um, barriers to inclusivity, mm. as well as how different aspects of the sort of demographics of children can sort of intersect to exclude individuals. And uh, lastly, what are some of the implications that you think that you can take from the conclusions from your study? Yeah, so I think we kind of outline different ways in which the research should continue further on. Um, as I said, like ensuring we're getting student, student perspectives in the matter to ensure we're kind of creating solutions that are feasible, but at the same time, do truly create an inclusive environment for these children. Uh, at the same time, also really trying to get at the idea of cultural competence from the sense of all the diverse student aspects within Ontario, uh, the many different student populations and seeing how we can best assist them. Uh, and as I said, idea of you know the gender non-binary and intersectionality, and lastly, like with teacher-related barriers, really trying to understand how the current teacher training platform is and seeing how it can be made better to create a more inclusive environment, I think. Uh, and so like those kind of categories, we try to uh, establish these sort of next steps for each of those categories within the research. And that's what we hope to see as well. Um, by really outlining the current gaps, you know, we'll be able to maybe, you know, take upon a certain category and explore it further ourselves or be able to collaborate with other colleagues and trying to promote that type of research to be done in the future. And I think overall, we just want to see that we are able to include more individuals within uh, physical education. We do want to see the benefits of mental health, physical activity, and just overall health benefits for our youth so that we can see a, be a betterment for our population. Wow, so well-spoken. Well, thank you for sharing with us some of your research. It sounds like there's not a lot of, like like you said, there's not a lot of research on this topic so far in the literature. So we are looking forward to seeing like how this research evolves, I guess, and how we can improve physical education within the school systems. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And address all the barriers you mentioned. For sure, for sure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I, I know this this research, um, I was I was sort of thinking back and forth with it at first, but I'm really glad I, I pursued it. I think it's, it is an important topic that is not discussed uh, enough today. And I kind of realized that with my research study, seeing that there's not too much literature <coughs> out there on the topic. 
Um, but I think by you know having these type of conversations, it can promote the awareness and kind of bring people to understand maybe different ways we can uh, promote inclusivity in our schools. So yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Well, That's that is it. all. <laughs> That's the end of our podcast. That's the end of Beaker Babes Part One. Part one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Bye. Bye.